Hi everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Forum Confessions. Today we're talking all about veganism, as you've probably seen in the title. I have got a very exciting and very enthusiastic guest who's going to be talking all about this today. But before I started talking to them, I wanted to do a little bit of introduction just to talk about why I, you know, got interested in this topic in the first place and why I wish to talk about it with the guest today. I have been a vegetarian all my life, so it's now been about 18 years, and I really don't plan on um, eating meat anytime soon. Whilst it started off with religious reasons, I ethically believe that I don't want to um, harm animals in that way. And of course, these are all very personal beliefs. Um, We are not trying to um, force our beliefs on anyone, and that is not the intention in this episode. So I will put a disclaimer right here that the... um, uh, point here is not to um, say that anyone's opinion is wrong or anyone anyone's beliefs are wrong but instead talk about veganism as a diet and break some of the myths about it I have you know always concerned with a lot of questions um, whilst reading a lot of articles and listening to a lot of podcasts about so many of the kind of questions that surround veganism whether that's related to um, the level of protein consumption whether it's related to um, you know certain deficiencies you can have if you're vegan um, certain things that perhaps is it really natural to be vegan and all these questions I presented my guests with today I asked them some difficult questions trying to bust the myths um, and really kind of uh, you know, in a, in a selfish way, trying to answer the questions that I've been wanting to know the answers for for a long time. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that if if not moving towards veganism, I hope that it at least makes you think about it and perhaps makes you wonder and, um, you know, question it yourself and perhaps go and do your own research. I really hope you enjoy this episode. And if you like these um, segments with different guests, please let us know. And we can definitely try and do more of them. Really Thank you so much. And hope you enjoy the episode. The podcast today. Really grateful to call her family. And before I kind of give an introduction, I wanted to just ask her to introduce herself, because I think she's got so many facets and so many different elements that that she has herself and so I would I would like to ask you if you could possibly just introduce yourself give a brief introduction of who you are. Sure hi Shreya good morning Uh, my name is Rasika Venkatraman I am 37 years old and I live in the United States I'm based in the Midwest I live in Dayton Ohio and I've lived here for the last uh, 12 years or so I was born in India and I live in and I've lived in three countries um, so far in my life. One of them was in the Middle East in Bahrain, where I spent my early childhood. Um, bulk of my life was spent in Bangalore in India, and um, the last twelve years or so, I've been in the United States. Uh, I'm a pediatrician. I'm a full-time practicing pediatrician and an intensive care doctor. So that means I am critical care trained and I take care of critically ill children for a living. Uh, I know your uh, questions are more directed to veganism and um, uh, and the the ideas behind that. So I've been vegan since March 2018. So I just uh, I'm approaching my four year vegan anniversary. Um, I am married. I've been married for five years, um, six years actually, and I have a uh, five year old son who is very energetic. Introduction. Thank you very much. Um, As I said before, of course, today's podcast is about veganism. So we have to get you on another time to talk all about pediatrics. But for today, um, if I can start off with, you mentioned that it's um, been four years since you've been vegan. And can I ask where that journey started? What was 
the trigger cause and what has made you stick to it for so long? So it's interesting because I grew up in a pretty traditional um, Brahmin household, Indian Brahmin household. So we grew up vegetarian. Uh, but somewhere along the way, probably around college life is when I started eating meat because that's what everybody around me was doing. And that's how I lived for most of my adult life, uh, including from the, from my early 20s to my early 30s. And um, it was just part of life and I never questioned it. Uh, although I did, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> every now and then the thought did come into my head. Why? I don't know. This doesn't seem right. If I love pets so much, if I love dogs so much and my cats so much, why is it different if I think of a cow or a chicken or something else? Uh, really, the turning point for me was um, reading a book called The Sapiens. I, you may have heard about it. It's uh, The author is Yuval Noah Harari and it really does it's the book is not even about veganism the book is about kind of the evolution of the human species but there's one chapter in it that addresses the horrors of um, factory farming and how cruel the whole industry is and how environmentally devastating and how devastating to your health as well and that was enough to make me really sit down and think about it and um, I couldn't bring myself to eat meat anymore. So I ended up giving giving up meat cold turkey in 2018 after reading that book, The Sapiens. And um, it took me a little longer to phase out the milk and the milk products and the eggs because those are um, those were much more kind of ingrained into um, our, our daily diets. But, um, but it took me probably a couple of months to go completely vegan and I never looked back after that. I know a lot of people have the um, the story of watching a documentary or watching uh, a production like some kind of video production such as earthlings or um you know cowspiracy or seaspiracy i i've i hadn't watched any of those when i actually went vegan it was but it was the information that was presented that was enough to make me realize and make the connection um between the food that i eat and the animals that i loved that's really interesting and and i have heard um a lot of people like you mentioned um you know, talk about a certain documentary that made that changed their mind or something that they'd watched and actually um sapiens is something that i remember you mentioned when you'd come over to visit us in london and that was the reason why um you'd you know decided to go vegan if now since it's been kind of four years and you mentioned you obviously left meat cold turkey and the rest of things kind of took a little bit more time what do you think was kind of the most challenging element and what do you, what have you enjoyed so far about being being vegan would you say Oh, the most challenging element is probably, or at least in my case, was cheese. Uh, cheese is a hard one to give up because, you know, cheese actually contains um, components of casein that are actually um, biologically proven to be addicting. So it is quite literally addicting, similar to something else that, you know, may create an addiction for human beings. And that's why it's so hard to give up. And I definitely think that was the hardest one for me to, to give up. Um, uh, so it required be, becoming creative and finding alternatives, uh, that took some time, but you know, your taste buds, um, and this is a, again, a medical fact, but your taste buds actually regenerate every three weeks. So if you can last about three weeks, you're, you're not, you know, you're going to start missing the cheese less and less because your, um, taste buds are going to get used to the absence of it rather than the presence of it. So really it's about sticking to it for a few weeks and waiting till you're, taste buds make that change and I think <clears throat> you have to have it's challenging but you have to have a very strong connection to your why when you go vegan and a very strong reason for it uh, to keep thinking about when you come back to it.
Yeah, um, I've always heard the saying, it takes 21 days to make a habit. And now I know there's a medical reason behind it. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I think that is one I think that I've heard um, a lot as well about it, like certain elements of it being really challenging. And if kind of you said you mentioned you're married, you've got a really young son. Um, do you feel like you the reason that why you went vegan is something that you would kind of, you know, encourage your partner and your child to think about as well? Or do you feel like everyone should be able to come to that conclusion themselves on as to what kind of diet they want to follow? Absolutely. You know, vegans get a bad rap because it sound, we may sound pushy and we may sound righteous and we may sound like we're trying to make other people feel bad for their decisions. And really, that's, um, at least for me, that is as far from the goal as possible. I sort of want to gently lead uh, people <clears throat> towards this with by tempting them with food. That's my best idea. So luckily for me, food cooking is a, a big hobby and food photography is a big hobby. Um, and that's where I want to lead people by saying, hey, being vegan can really mean um, that you get really creative with flavors and you start um, exploring nutrition in ways that you have never even thought about before. And it's really good for you. It's good for your body. It helps lower your blood pressure. It helps lower your cholesterol. And it's all these good things. And in fact, opens up avenues rather than be, you know, rather than is boring or um, tasteless. So I, I will say with honesty that um, I've gotten probably about... Um, you know, several times more creative than I had been before by being vegan. Um, just because you're you're sort of like, okay, I got to explore a lot of flavors because there are these ingredients that I can't have in my food anymore. To answer your question more specifically, yes, I um, always talk to my husband and my and my kids, and I want my son to be able to make that decision for himself someday. He's five. He's almost six years old, and he understands because you know, if I if he says he wants chicken tenders. I just gently ask him, I'm like, so do you know, do you know where the tender came from? And he's like, wait, it's not the chicken, is it? And I'm like, yep, it is. So helping kids make that connection, I think they are, for them, it's very intuitive because he immediately says, no, I don't want to eat the chicken if that's what it is. So right now he's still, you know, um, able to eat whatever he wants, but I want him to start thinking about it and try to make that decision himself. Uh, my husband is probably about 99% vegan. Uh, the one thing he struggles with is yogurt and he just cannot give up his yogurt. So I hope I can lead him gently in that path too, because I don't want him to resent any, anything I say either. So, but I, I he's given up a lot more, um, like he doesn't drink dairy milk anymore. Um, there's no cheese in his life anymore. There's very, very little meat. So I think he's making progress every year. I think I sympathize with that. I think one thing if I was turned vegan would be the hardest one would be yogurt for sure because it's, I think it's quite a big part of um, a South Indian diet to have that so absolutely absolutely so for him it's the yogurt rice that he just can't live without so it's and I say you know that's what I, I always if people ask me this I always say it's um it's really never about perfection it's about progress so if you really feel like yogurt is something you just cannot live without that's fine, but try to maybe, um, you know, um, cut out the eggs from your diet or cut out the, the milk. If, you, if you're not a big fan of milk, maybe you could switch to oat milk or almond milk and see how that works for you for a little bit. Um, so I would say if you find something that you say, oh my gosh, I could never um, uh, go vegan because I can't give up X, then I say stick to X and give up some other things because every step you take is, um, is going to make a difference. Yeah, def definitely. I, I completely agree with that. I think it's about taking those small steps rather than thinking you have to be perfect. 
I mean, I hear a lot of people say that kind of, you know, being vegan is really expensive, buying like, you know, almond milk versus your normal pint of like, you know, cow's milk is there's there's a vast kind of difference in price. A lot of, um, you know, students or kind of uh, people on lower incomes can't afford it. So what would you say to people like that? How can they still kind of, you know, make make kind of their contribution, um, but do it in like a cheaper way? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think that is probably one of the number one myths about uh, turning vegan or going vegan is that it's really expensive. Um, So here's what I have to say. It can be expensive in the beginning. And I would say this is probably for somebody who is transitioning into veganism and needs, um, you know, food in the supermarket that can resemble food that they are used to eating. So if you buy, end up buying a lot of processed meat, you end up buying, you know, meat substitutes, you end up uh, buying, okay, I love sausage. So I'm going to buy, you know, plant-based sausage from the, from the freezer. That can be pretty expensive, but you, um, uh, you know, I, I miss cheese. So I'm going to buy this vegan cream cheese spread because it looks amazing. Um, and, and most of your diet maybe consists in the beginning of meat replacements or seafood replacements or cheese replacements. That's where it can, it can get expensive. And honestly, that's where you lose some of the health uh, benefits as well. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, those are unhealthy. You're still saving, you know, an animal's life by doing that, by choosing the plant-based burger over the meat burger. However, um, the key to s- remaining, you know, uh, sticking with it and uh, keep making sure you're on budget is is sticking to whole foods, really. And I think that's where uh, people um, need to sort of go the step and make that effort because it's not always going to be um, prepared food that you can pick up, which you can do that, but it's going to be a lot more expensive. Um, so really, what I'm talking about is cans of chickpeas in the in the um, grocery store that might be 50 cents a can, or and those are your powerhouse sources of of uh, protein: uh, chickpeas, legumes, beans, tofu. Tofu is about a dollar and a half here in the U.S. for a 14 ounce block, um, and you you um, you can get tempeh, which is also excellent because it's um, uh, fermented so it's it's sort of like tofu with a with an extra boost of of um, of uh, nutrition so i think the key there is buy your grains and your uh, beans legumes tofu in bulk and that will really save you a lot of um, a lot of money i do understand it can be um, expensive in the beginning but there are so many resources out there for how to make really simple really cheap really easy um, recipes for even for students or really busy individuals who have families and can't really afford to spend uh, hundreds of um, dollars or pounds every month on vegan food and or eating out. So the key really is to stick to the simple stuff, vegetables, fruits, legumes, beans, peas, tofu, and um, that's where it, it's um, uh, going to really be easy on your budget. So I actually did a segment on this in my um, on my Instagram page. Uh, showing you how to be vegan on a budget. And we we presented a bunch of recipes that were um, very budget-friendly, very nutritionally balanced, and ended up costing only about $1.50 per serving. So you can look at my page. My Instagram account is Masala in my kitchen. And you can find um, some of that stuff on there if you're interested. But um, the key really is getting creative in the kitchen. And I can um, attest from my own standpoint that it was... Um, very exciting to start exploring so much in the kitchen once I turned vegan. So, so yeah, whole foods, not processed foods is the key to keeping the, keeping it budget friendly.
That was such a such a kind of well thought out answer. I really liked how you kind of went from you know understanding why people may find it difficult, and I think like you said, whole food is really the key. And I'm definitely going to link the masala in my kitchen in the show notes. So everyone, please go and have a look on on that um, Instagram page because I always look look at that and I, I'm always drooling over everything. And sometimes I can't quite believe it's vegan. So that is yeah, that's definitely amazing. And I think I've also heard a lot about kind of. Um, you know the vegan diet may not necessarily kind of you know give you your full um, you know the, in, enough protein or enough calcium and a lot of people kind of suggest that you have to take supplements what are your kind of thoughts on that do you take any supplements yourself do you feel like they're important or this is such a great question um, I um, definitely this ends up being one of the concerns and I would highly highly recommend that uh, listeners of this episode um, follow nutritionfacts.org on social media this is dr michael gregor's um, um page social media page and he's a very well respected evidence-based um uh vegan physician who provides nutritional facts for you and um it's it's not going to be possible for me to touch upon everything here but do visit uh, nutritionfacts.org for your any questions that you might have but um the 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 crux of it is that a um, plants are a complete source of protein and i think people forget that um, animals get their proteins from plant to from plants too so all essential amino acids are able to be um, are found in complete packages in in plants and the the benefit is you have added phytonutrients so you have all the vitamins the minerals and everything else that you need micronutrients uh, when you eat a bunch of plants so when you eat when you eat lots of plants so uh, protein is always the question that everybody asks and i think uh, years of conditioning from the meat industry and advertising has made us believe that we need um meat to make our diet complete now shreya you and i know that being indian we you know a lot of us are vegetarian growing up and we have learned how to grow up without meat so we know that that's not true right so mainstays of our diet are you typically don't rely on tofu but a lot of it is just lentils and beans and peas and meat i'm sorry lentils and beans and peas and legumes in general so um uh, you know grains are a great pro- source of protein as well um, just half a cup of brown rice has um, about 8 grams of protein in it so uh, your whole grains are going to be really important whole wheat bread um, peas beans lentils like we talked about uh, dark green leafy vegetables are actually really good sources of protein like kale um, and i would definitely recommend tofu and tempeh as well because they have um, they're excellent complete sources of protein as well um so the um the protein is really really a myth and i encourage everybody to look on nutritionfacts.org to get their um information um as for um uh, you know other deficiencies b12 is a big one and that's vitamin b12 is the one that most vegans wor- worry about um i will say this that many meat eaters are also deficient in vitamin b12 the reason that it is in plenty in meat is because animals are supplemented with vitamin b12 before uh, the meat is produced so i would as a physician recommend that if you're trying a vegan diet out take a b12 supplement because it's difficult to get enough b12 from um plants alone and there is a, a product that you may or may not know about it's called nutritional yeast 
um, that is uh, a powder. It's kind of like this innocuous looking yellow powder flake thing that is that that actually kind of tastes a little like cheese if you add it to your sauce sauces and creams and things like that. Nutritional yeast is actually a very very good source of B12 and um, of course your green leafy vegetables but if I do recommend a supplement it would be B12 and many Indians are um, deficient in vitamin D and you may already know this um, but I would recommend a vegan source of vitamin D supplement as well as you know many vitamins that that are commercially available are not vegan because the uh, vitamin D commonly is sourced from lanolin which is sheep's skin a product that comes out from sheep skin so you do have lichen based uh, vitamin uh, d uh, d supplements as well so personally i take i would recommend getting your um, levels measured of for example your iron levels and uh, taking a supplement on a physician's advice but uh, almost always worth taking a b12 and a vitamin d supplement and there are many vegan sources of those out there you can look on amazon yeah, I, I think like like you said, first of all, I mean, of course, we've been kind of vegetarians our whole life. And I've had that question to me a lot of times, you know, um, you know, how have you never eaten meat? And and for us, that's just that's just been normal. And, you know, we've we've been fine. Our, our parents and our ancestors have been fine. So it's clearly something that that works. And so, you know, just going that one step further, it kind of shows that we can still do that on a vegan diet. And I think the supplement question is is kind of the the really interesting thing I found is how you said you know the people even who are on kind of diets where they where there's meat they 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 still are deficient in some things and have to take supplements and so it's not just vegans that are you know popping in supplements every single day it's regardless of whatever diet and some and somehow somehow when you're vegan that question comes up all the time but nobody thinks about it when you're when you're uh, you know part of a, a quote unquote regular um, more regular diet. Absolutely. And I think that's that's always the thing that, you know, so many questions are asked of vegans. How do you get your protein? How do you get your calcium? How do you get vitamin D? But equally, it should be asked to everyone because we may be different in different things that we may not be aware of, regardless of what diet we're on. So I think that was a really um, important thing to highlight. And uh, nutritional facts, something that I'll definitely link in as well, because I think it's it's not possible to discuss everything um, in here. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I think so. You mentioned kind of, you know, you obviously work as a physician and that that is, you know, obviously your full time job. So if you were to, you know, kind of talk about the vegan diet, would you re recommend that to all your patients or is there certain things that you keep in mind when you're kind of recommending certain diets? No, I um, I would definitely recommend um, a vegan diet even for children. It is a complete diet. Uh, the ideal milk source for babies and children is going to be soy milk because that's the most complete in terms of um, protein and nutrition. Um, I wouldn't really recommend almond milk or oat milk for a child who is growing and and has a certain protein need. So soy milk would be what, what we would recommend for children. And there's really um, no um, uh, uh, condition that would exclude that recommendation because it's, uh, again, complete source of nutrition, like as I mentioned. Multivitamins are recommended for babies on mother's milk. So I would still recommend that multivitamin um, for a child, but um, it is it is a complete and perfect diet for a, a child as well. And I only wish that I had raised my child vegan from the beginning. That's the only regret I have.
a, a slight deviation, but obviously we've just had kind of January is known as Veganuary all over the world. There's quite a, a lot of hype about, you know, a lot of kind of restaurants bringing out vegan options. What are your kind of thoughts on, obviously America's, you know, known for its fast food and a lot of fast food restaurants tend to kind of bring out, you know, vegan things. We've seen it with McDonald's, KFC, and, and so many more in America that you have more, more than the UK. Um, what do you kind of think about those options? And, and is that kind of a good way to, you know, market veganism a bit more? Uh, anything that we can do, anything that happens that can make uh, plant-based options more mainstream is excellent. Um, so I would welcome it with open arms because that means you're, um, you know, more more meat eaters who are choosing the plant-based option for their health or for environmental reasons or for Meatless Monday or for whatever reason, I think is great because that the more that we can be considered as mainstream or or, or the norm, um, the, the wider the reach. So absolutely, I think it's great. I, I think we should be careful to understand that there's no, um, you know, uh, there's no... Uh, what is the correct word? Um, there's no uh, misconception of this being healthy. I don't think anybody should choose um, a, a vegan fried chicken from KFC because they're being healthier than eating uh, chicken. But um, I think from the environmental aspect and from the um, uh, ethical aspect, it makes a huge impact. So um, as long as we don't think we're eating healthy by choosing the plant-based fast food, uh, I think we're good. <laughs> Because you're going to choose fast food either way. So, you know, why not choose the plant-based option that is, is as tasty? Yeah. It's often, it's often something that, uh, that people will use um, to almost retaliate against the idea of veganism. Well, what's the point of even being vegan if it's not healthy? Um, there are so many, many more benefits to choosing vegan over and above your health uh, that I think it is still worth it, in, especially in case of transitioning vegans or new vegans or early vegans that might have difficulty making that transition. So if you have a plant-based option available, somebody might stop and consider it even if they're not vegan, which is always uh, a great uh, plus. The, the con misconception, or not really misconception, the old idea of veganism is you had to be some kind of nut, like a crazy health nut and or extreme, you know, uh, to, to give up eggs and meat and milk and eggs and everything else. But um, I think the idea of veganism has progressed so far in the last even five years that it is sprouting up everywhere. And there's, in most menus these days, you're seeing a vegan option, which is which is wonderful. I think, um, you know, big corporations are realizing that this is, this is something more and more people want, which is always excellent. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I think that's, um, like you mentioned, I think there's that common misconception um, that just because, you know, you're vegan means you have to be healthy and that's not necessarily true. You can still kind of indulge every so often, even on a, on a plant-based diet. And I think, you know, as we're talking, you're currently in America, I'm currently in the UK, we have to bear in mind that, you know, these are rich, developed countries that possibly have, um, you know, more options, more education on this kind of stuff. How much kind of awareness do you think there is in, you know, kind of countries like within Asia or within Africa about kind of the vegan diet and its health benefits possibly? I think the um, trend is overall in the increasing awareness direction. Um, I did sign up for Veganuary as I do every year since I've been vegan. And I just saw some statistics on their website which said that they had um, more than half a million participants this year in Veganuary in 2022. So more than 500,000 participants from over 200 countries. 
So I know that the word is getting out there and definitely props to, you know, Netflix and other large um, uh, media corporations for for airing this type of information and keeping those documentaries where um, a lot more people can access them. So I think it's it, it is spreading. And I see a lot of younger um, individuals like yourself, Shreya, who are interested in veganism and are, are able to realize early that, hey, what the way I'm eating seem, seems to be impacting the environment and my health, as well as animals uh, animal welfare so the statistics are encouraging i would have thought you know that they are lower but um participants from 200 countries and over half a million is uh, higher numbers that we than we've ever seen before and like you said i think the um, kind of you know why is definitely getting out there i think social media is is playing a big role in that as well to kind of spread that awareness and i think definitely a lot of what i've um heard about vegan veganism and kind of its benefits has been from kind of podcasts, um, social media posts, and that's kind of where I've got the bulk of my information from. So I definitely think it's it's a really useful thing to have. I think my final question is just, um, you know, of course, so far, we've been kind of been talking about the diet itself. So the idea of a plant based diet. But I know that for a lot of people, veganism goes beyond that. So that's in your clothes, that's in kind of what you purchase, like in terms of accessories. Do you kind of follow that as well? in your, in like other elements of your life? Or is it just within kind of what you eat every day? a great question um and i think it's a process of evolution um shreya because it is a difficult thing to do to modify your uh, lifelong purchasing habits and to start stop and think about every single thing that you um purchase so i would say i'm i'm on a journey and i've made uh, a lot of headway on that journey in the last 4 years for example i don't buy any new leather products anymore um for myself or even for my husband or my son i recently bought and you know pro- uh, products and companies are recognizing this need for um um you know um uh, Uh, preference of people to stop um, depending or relying on animal products. And I think they're rising to this challenge and trying to meet that need. Uh, For Christmas, I needed a new pair of dress shoes for my son. And I bought this amazing, I bought him this amazing pair of leather boots that are not leather made from cow's hide, but cactus leather. So you're getting these beautiful, amazing, uh, sustainable options that are also environmentally friendly now. And for example, apple apple skin leather, and they're they're made by um, from the discarded parts of apples like skin and cores. Uh, they make leather products out of them. Uh, you get cactus leather, and there there are many other fine such products. So um, it has um, influenced my lifestyle for sure. And um, uh, there are more and more sustainable options coming out there. Now, this is not an overnight decision. I think um, my advice for people to, uh, you know, um, to avoid getting overwhelmed and feeling like this is not something I can stick to, I just can't change my practices, would be to start with the food and maybe even start with one aspect of the food to begin with. And eventually, as you read more and understand more about the environmental impact of, um, of uh uh, you know, uh, using animal products in our in our clothing and in our items of daily wear, you can think about it more and start making the change as you move forward. So I haven't bought any new silk uh, items of clothing, uh, which is difficult being an Indian because almost all uh, items of of uh, you know. Uh, uh, 
dress wear, I should say, is all is all created from silk. So um, those are changes that you make little by little in your life as you move forward. I have also starting started reading the labels on my skincare products and beauty products and checking to make sure there is a vegan, cruelty-free uh, sign on them. And it's just it's just nicer to be more mindful of these things and more aware. But I would definitely say it's a journey and not an overnight uh, decision. It also means that I um, value the uh, environment for what it is. And I didn't throw out the existing le leather products that I had at home. I still use them, although different vegans feel differently about this. Um, I mean, the, the product was already created and the animal already lost its life. So I'm at least going to make use of its contribution. I was, you know, throughout the thing I was thinking, I'm going to ask for a final few tips. But I think you've highlighted that, highlighted that so brilliantly there, that, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not just, you know, within a certain element of your life. And like you said, it's, it's little steps. It's not it's not going to happen overnight. And it's just doing what you can. And I think most importantly, being mindful of what you're putting in your body, what you're putting, whether that's inside or outside your body. I was just going to say, yes, I uh, definitely. And, you know, the, the important thing is don't beat yourself up if you slip up. I think that's the most important thing. There's no vegan police that's going to come knocking in your door and, you know, arrest you for making a bad decision. It's okay. Just move on and uh, you can be mindful of it next time. But I think every choice that we make, um, it, uh, and and, and I, the last thing, the last point I did want to mention is that um, being vegan automatically makes you... Uh, uh, think about more sustainable choices as well, because such a big part of uh, your decision to become vegan will be to try and uh, make some kind of positive um, change for the climate crisis that we're facing now. And you're saying, okay, I'd like to do something about this. Wait, there is something I can do about this is I can choose plant-based and, and that will have a, a huge impact on this. Um, I encourage everybody to also look at the v We Are Veganuary website. Uh, it has a wealth of information on all these environmental um, effects of of uh, animal farming and everything else. So uh, that that also starts factoring in your choices at when you've the, been vegan for some time. Is that hey, how can I make the most sustainable choice? And it's um, it's really a, a good feeling to be mindful about those choices. Um, it's you know it's fine to make mistakes, and we're all going to probably make mistakes along the way. But I think it's about understanding that and trying to move forward, you know, rather than thinking, oh, I've slipped up once, there's nothing I can do about it. And thank you so much for all the links, especially that you've said throughout kind of the episode. I can definitely um, put that in the show notes. And I think it shows that no matter what stage you're at, it's, there's always more reading and more education and more kind of research that you can do to, you know, be more mindful of what you're putting out there. And you don't have to listen to, to us um, particularly, but you can go do your own research and, you know, figure out what you want to do yourself as well. So hopefully this is kind of a starting um, step for everyone to, to to make to go on that journey. Hopefully, thank you so much for coming on onto our podcast. Um, it was so nice to have someone who you know is has that medical perspective and the personal aspect of it as well. And um, really grateful for all your insight. And hopefully all our listeners will really enjoy it as well.